Hello and welcome to the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Kristen and Rebecca. This is a podcast where we talk about glam, glitz, and what life is really like with a crown. This is a podcast for those girls who have inhaled more hairspray than they have oxygen. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Rebecca and... Her co-host, USOA's Mrs. Ohio 2024. Yay! I don't know if you could hear. I was doing a drum roll on my desk. Oh, you were? I didn't hear it, but that's okay. Okay. I'm so excited. We cannot wait to talk to you more about this new exciting announcement. I love your crown and sash. You look absolutely amazing in it. I am, I've always been such a big fan of the USOA's um, sash and crown. I just think they're so pretty. It's very Statue of Liberty. Uh-huh. Not only is the pageant overall very patriotic, but even their crown is patriotic. It is. It's so, so pretty. And I have been just staring at how sparkly it is this whole time. I held off for a little while and then I finally was able to get logged into the title holder page and I was like okay I have to do something so I got to drop my little hints and I had a couple people say like hey is this you so I wonder if it was my hints were a little too easy of my fun facts but it was still really fun to think of them well it doesn't matter if people figured it out or not it's always fun to figure out how to do like title holder announcements and how to kind of launch your brand on the social media accounts which we've talked about so much of things to do on title holder pages and all those things so it's fun to get to put them into practice i'm sure yeah it was so much fun because then i'm like oh my gosh I can actually do this for myself now and I can put, I do it on my own personal page. I feel like I definitely have a personality and a brand somewhat on my own personal page, but then, yeah, it's interesting with the title holder pages. I almost kind of forgot what it's like because it's your brand, but it's your brand representing a bigger brand. And so you have to kind of be aware of those types of things and just making sure that what you're doing and saying is with your personal brand and for instance, this time, USOA's personal brand. I love it. So as we are kind of launching your new journey into this arena, I have a lot of questions. Are you ready to answer? I'm ready every single week for the most part when you ask me our our Chris's question, but something about today feels like you're going to go a little more into coach mode on me. So I'm so nervous. It's, it's not going to be anything that you're not ready for. Okay. Well, just, yeah, fire away then. I'll be ready to answer. We often ask our guests to share a little bit of your pageant history and your backstory and what led you to this title. So let's start there. Tell us a little bit about how you became 2024's United States of America's Mrs. Ohio. Well, I've been following the USOA system pretty much since Shannon Joukowsky had been crowned, and which to my knowledge, that was only their second year in existence. And I had competed in another system and I really had enjoyed that other system. And I kind of was just trying to decide at that point, do I go to this newer system? Do I kind of keep down this path of another system that I'm competing currently? And my current coach at the time, Christine Harmeyer, um, who still helps me with my walk, and make sure that I, you know, have my inner Beyonce come out when I'm on stage. 
she had mentioned to me, you know, why don't you typically with newer systems, you just want to kind of watch them for a few years, see how, see how it is, see if they really align with your personal beliefs, your brand, just, is this a, the competition for you? I just feel so confident in my decision to compete at USOA because of this, because I really did take the time and I was able to watch them every single year. And then last year I got to go and just seeing it live really was the the final straw, I guess you would say for me of like, yep, okay, I'm doing this one. This is so glamorous and beautiful and the production is flawless. And so I'm like, yes, sign me up. I'm in it. Yes. So I remember you going to watch Kirsten, who was USOA's Mrs. Ohio 2023, and you were just in love with the whole thing of the nationals and you loved like the glam, you loved the stage, you you were very excited about it. And I think even back then you knew that this is the system that you wanted to do next, but it just took a little while for all the pieces to kind of fall into place and you to say, hey, now's the time. So what makes you feel like this is the time that you're ready to go back on stage. We've talked about you competing at Mothman and all these things in a joking sort of <laughs> way, but now you really are going back to compete again. Um, after a little bit of a break, what is what has made you make this decision now? Yes, well, this is definitely different than Mothman. I can tell you that much. <laughs> this is maybe on a, a just maybe a slightly bigger scale than Mothman, but it's one of those things where. I, I always think about this, where if God feels like something's for you, that opportunity will present itself over and over if need be, you know, he's not going to say this is truly meant for you and then never offer you another opportunity for it. So because it just had stuck with me with this system and every year I kind of looked back and I'm like, oh, maybe. And then I'd see a new USOA's Mrs. Ohio announced. I'd say, okay, well, maybe it's not my year. Maybe it's not my year. And this year I had not seen a new Ohio announced. And I just thought to myself, I'm just going to reach out and ask and kind of see like, Hey, do you guys have a USOA's Mrs. Ohio yet? And I was able to talk to the national title holder who I've known from other systems. And she was like, girl, I saw that. And I was thinking about you. And I was like, ah, Okay. This just feels right. It's truly me deciding this year that this is the right time. It was such a gut feeling like, no, I'm ready. Every, you know, my family is super stable. We're really not going to do any big changes like moving or doing anything crazy over the next year. And this is really going to be a good time for me to really dive headfirst into my philanthropic work with CRC and USOA Smiths it just really allows you to highlight your personal platform. And I really appreciate that. So I was like, okay, this is it. This is the time. Okay. So speaking of that personal platform and your nonprofit work that you really want to bring attention to this year, share a little bit about what that is and how other people can help support it, all the things. The Child Rescue Coalition. And I have a huge love for technology because, and you know, I've had a background working in technology and STEM for a very long time. I, in this one job that I was at for six years, I was the only woman, not just in the company or in the country, but in the world doing this job. So 
technology and me have just kind of gone together ever since I launched my professional career in general. And when I learned about CRC, they use technology for good is it will actually track different types of files that are being shared all across the world of children being exploited. And they are able to pinpoint exactly where it's coming from and where it's going. So you will literally get a map and it says, hey, this file has been shared from this person to this person and you get a location of where they're at. Like sexual abuse material or that type of thing? Like, Yes, any kind of children being sexually exploited. Got it. So what are some of the things that you have sort of in mind for what you're going to be doing for CRC, the Child Rescue Coalition, over the next year? So their biggest thing is they just need people to know about them because the technology itself is free. So any local law enforcement agency is able to utilize it. They just have to attend a three-day training so that they're able to utilize the information that's given to them by CRC properly. And other than that, they offer it for free. People just need to know about it. A lot of local law enforcement agencies don't know about it. First and foremost, just talking about it and spreading the word so that people will hear about it and want to learn more about it and actually want to implement it within their law enforcement agency. My personal favorite, because then you really feel like you get to do something really special, is their Bear Hugs program. So you get online and you order this kit and it comes with a fleece tie blanket. So you get to actually make the blanket. It comes with a bear. And then it comes with information about CRC that you personally take to your law enforcement agency. They keep that kit in their car so that when they do rescue a child, they have a bear for them and a blanket for them, a coloring book. And then it also has these pamphlets about CRC and basically saying, hey, this is free. Please come learn about it so that we can help get some of these predators off the streets. Do you know offhand, and if you don't, I totally understand, but how many law enforcement agencies don't currently use the resources and technology? Right now we have 10,000 that are using it. I'm not sure how many are not utilizing it. Another great thing about it is even if they are using it, these kits are specifically made for for to the police officers to have in their patrol cars. That's awesome. Well, I love it. I think it's going to be a huge um, impact, obviously, in Ohio and the areas around you with you bringing more awareness to this. But hopefully that will directly impact the mission of CRC around the world, because like we just talked about, even if it starts at one place or one com- you know country or state, it's definitely probably being circulated in other places. So I think this is fantastic. Yeah, they're currently in 98 different countries. And at least to date, they've been able to rescue over 3000 children who wow. were in trafficking situations, and they've arrested almost 15,000 child predators. Wow, that's amazing. Because of this technology, that's like the specific technology that they're able to pinpoint exactly where these people are, give that information to law enforcement agencies, and they're able to go in. And because they have concrete evidence like that, it actually allows for a lot of the children to not have to testify in court. It truly does re-traumatize them. So anything that you can do to help not allow that to happen. I didn't know this until I started working with them. But a typical predator 
will have anywhere between 50 to 150 victims over the course of their lifetime. So when you think about getting over 14,000 of them off the street, how many victims that that had saved or potential victims? It's like, it's a number that you can't even fathom. Like, I can't even think about that. That's wild. And all because of this technology. Well, that is amazing. I'm so glad that you're going to bring more awareness and spotlight to this organization. As much as we love the nonprofit aspect of it and the philanthropy aspect, you and I both have a guilty pleasure of loving the glam side just a little bit. So share with me a little bit about the different areas of competition for this system. If people are new to United States of America's pageants, what does it look like for you to go to nationals? What different phases of competition are there? Most you have interview, of course. So (laughs) that is 50% of your score. And then you also have the costume portion. Now that's not actually scored, but it is just like a really fun portion of the competition that I'm very excited about because I've never gotten to do a patriotic costume. And I myself feel like a very patriotic person in general. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait for this. And I have such a good idea. I'm so excited about it. And as long as it, you know, you know how that goes. It's like in your mind and you think it's a good idea, but I think it's actually going to turn out really good. And then you also have the swimsuit competition, which you have to choose your own swimsuit, which I have never done. So that is going to be new for me. And then they also have the evening gown competition, which I am very excited about because I feel like USOA really embraces different types of women and different types of styles. And so I'm like, I don't have to be in like a specific box. I can be in whatever box I want to be for evening gown. And as long as, and Chris approved, I get to wear it. Well, I cannot wait to see all of your wardrobe for the competition. I know that there typically is some kind of like theme event or outing type thing that happens with that nationals. Tell us a little little bit about what's coming up for you. Um, It has been announced that we are going to get to go to Six Flags for the day. So it's actually going to be over the July 4th weekend. So it is going, and it's in um, San Antonio, Texas. So it is going to be just a very festive, patriotic pageant. As something, I mean, something about the 4th of July in Texas, and it's United States of America's pageants. It's just like, holy red, white, and blue. This is going to be a very patriotic weekend. (laughs) Very much so. I can just imagine like the amount of sparkle and like fireworks from from this different things that we're going to see, you know what I mean? Like maybe not literal fireworks on stage, but I feel like that's like with it being 4th of July weekend, that is going to be a running theme. I feel like of just like sparkles and sparklers. I'm very excited to watch it. Well, and it's outside of the hotel, which is just such a breath of fresh air because you and I have talked about this to nauseam about how hard it is sometimes when you're competing and you just can't even leave the hotel. And so getting all of these women a chance to just like get out and have some fresh air and be in the sunshine is like, it'll be, it'll be nice. Like when I'm out there, I'll be so thrilled to be able to do that. Well, and the nationals weekend is only three days long, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. So it's going to be so different to go to a nationals that is for you like three days versus maybe a 10 or 11 day thing. Um, what are you looking forward to about that shorter timeline? Well, I like that we're not going to have a lot of just wasted downtime. You know, I, 
I think sometimes that almost wears you out a little more than actually getting up and doing things. And so mm -hmm. being able to just like go from one event to the other, and you're going to be excited the entire time you're there and being excited for three days versus being excited for almost two weeks is totally different. So mm -hmm. I'm excited to basically leave still feeling like myself and still feeling like oh my gosh, I did something so amazing and not leaving where I'm just like, I am exhausted. Yes. I feel like the longer pageant weeks that can be, you know, seven days, five days, even up to 10 or more, they can truly be like a mental game almost more than physical because it's just a matter of keeping yourself mentally focused and in the moment and not exhausted and burned out and all the things, but really having that three day, four day, five day can kind of help keep it more, like you said, like more excited the whole time. And then when you leave, sure, you're going to be tired. Everybody is tired after they compete, but it doesn't like burn you out as much. I feel like one thing that I definitely have noticed at systems where you, you know, you're there for a longer period of time. Sometimes it can be hard to deal with that many different personalities for that long. Also, whereas mm -hmm. if you're there for a couple of days, you kind of get to learn and know the best about people, which that's ideally what you're doing all the time anyways, is just seeing the best in everybody. So we talked a little bit about your platform and we talked a little bit about the pageant and this whole thing, but what is the thing that you're maybe most excited about or nervous about? I want to hear both. What are you most excited about? What are you most nervous about, about competing? Well, I'm, I'm just excited to be able to do it again, honestly, because I, I like being a former. And it's, it's great to do all your sister queen events, but I didn't think that I would miss the whole competition aspect of it so much. And so that's what I'm really excited about is like to get back on stage. And I'm really excited to almost be able to make this kind of my own experience. So I'm going to, you know, pick out my own swimsuit. I'm going to pick out my own gown and it's just going to feel like this is very me as opposed to me trying to fit inside of, and it keeps talking about fitting inside of this box. And I, when I say that, I just mean, I'm definitely one of those types of people that I do not feel like I fit in a box whatsoever. Like I had posted about, you know, I, I don't maybe fit in a box, but I fit in like four different boxes in a bag and maybe a basket. And I always have one too many bows. And so <laughs> I just feel like this is going to be the opportunity for me to just bounce from box to box to bag to basket back to box again. <laughs> and what are you most nervous about? I don't know. It's every day it changes when I think about it. Like I'm trying to think what I was nervous about the other day. So I have my gown already, which was a total fluke how I ended up with it. And we'll have to get into it at some point. But I was thinking about it. And I'm, what if I had this like idea of like something unraveling on it? And I kind of like spiraled with that because it's oh my just very delicate fabric. And so that's what kind of made me nervous because I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't practice in it that much. And I'm like, no, what am I thinking? Of course I need to practice in it. Like it's not going to fall apart. And you and I know I kind of have like a little PTSD of a dress falling apart. So that was my most recent, just like I'm nervous about something that I shouldn't be nervous about. And so each time I get nervous, I just kind of like, no, 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 no. Overreacting. <laughs> I have nothing to be nervous about. 
I mean, I think that's a common thing we've talked about, though, of like always having a backup pair of shoes, always having a backup to everything in terms of your competition wardrobe. So it's not like a weird thing to be nervous about, but I don't foresee that happening of like the dress unraveling or like beads flying everywhere, or like rhinestones on the floor or something. I can't picture that happening. No, that was a totally <laughs> irrational thought. So yeah, to be honest, I have not had a rational nervousness about anything so far. <laughs> okay, that's good. I am so excited for you. Do you have any apprehension about like, social media side of things? We talk a lot about United States of America's pageants being pretty social media focused, and that's an important aspect to this system from what we've seen, right? Like in our experience in the podcast, we feel like that social media is a pretty big player in this pageant. Are you nervous about that side? Or are you excited? Oh, no, that I'm excited about because even when I competed before, that was always one of my favorite parts was the social media side of it. And I, I just really enjoy being creative in general. And so I like that social media allows me to be creative. And I like a system that allows me to be creative to help promote the brand. And that's what I'm most excited about that I'm going to be able to kind of put my own spin on the USOA brand but while still very much being very respectful to the brand that I've agreed to represent. Yes. Okay, cool. Well, I can't wait to follow the journey on the USOA Mrs. Ohio account because I'm sure lots of fun things are going to be coming. We've already started, but I feel like it's big things to come. I know from you and I talking, you have like a pretty strategic social media plan. So I think people will really enjoy getting to watch all the things that we've talked about on the podcast really come to life. Well, and I think too, that's just something that if you have a plan going into something, it doesn't feel as overwhelming. So especially if you're just not used to being on social media very often, if it's just not something that's in your everyday world, having a plan going in of like, these are, this is the type of content I want to put out there. This is the information I want to put out there. This is, I know who I am as a person. So I kind of know how to present all of this information. And if you know all of these things, it's not going to be as daunting. So, and then it'll kind of allow you to get excited. Well, there's been lots of, I'm sure, like things going on in the pop culture world that have maybe influenced your decisions on like what you're going to wear, what you're going to post, those kinds of things. Have you seen anything recently that you've like that been kind of banking in your mind of like, oh, I need to do something like that on social? Well, okay. So one of the big things that I hear from so many women who either don't compete or they've gotten out of competing is like, oh, I just can't do that right now because of X, Y, and Z. I'm not, I've heard I'm not glamorous enough. I've heard I'm busy. I've heard you know, my weight's not where it should be. I've heard a million different things. And especially the one that especially bothers me is when I hear a woman say like, well, I'm not glamorous like them. I would love to do something like that. I've always wanted to, but I'm just like, I'm just not like them. And that is like my biggest pet peeve, because if anybody knows me, they know that maybe my personality probably doesn't always fit into every single brand. And I'm, doing all the things that they're probably doing. And I just don't think that they're seeing kind of the, the man behind the curtain there or the woman, I guess the queen behind the curtain. Yeah. 
So one thing that I want to do is just really highlight day in the life says get ready with me just as a title holder, but also being a title holder who's a working mom, a wife, you know, like a normal woman who has other things going on. I am very excited to watch those. I think that's just like we've talked about on our excuses episode. We hear that so often of what is it about pageants that are holding you back if you always have wanted to do one, but why not do it? And I think following a title holder who's really showing that you are quote unquote, just like them, you know, like the celebrities are just like us or whatever, but in pageant world, like a state title holder is literally just like you. If you think you're too busy or you think that you're not like put together enough all the time or whatever, I love that you're going to show those things so that people can relate to, oh, okay. If she can do it, I can do it. Okay. Yeah. And I have to tell you, so I have a video coming up where I did a time-lapse because I'm like, oh my gosh, this will be so cute because I'm putting my, my hallway Christmas tree up and it's got candy on it and it's adorable. So I have on a dolly sweatshirt and I'm putting all my stuff up. Well, I mean, literally in the whole middle of the video, my sister-in-law's walking in, my kids are walking in, my sister or my daughter brought in shopping bags and like left them on the steps. So that's in the background the whole time. So I'm re-watching this. I'm like, supposed to be really cute. <laughs> this is not cute anymore. But I mean, that's very normal and relatable. Not everybody can have just a quiet set, quiet on the set, everybody and do their right. videos. And also I flocked my own Christmas tree on there, which was an absolute disaster. Nobody should do that. That was awful. No. Why did you tell me that was a bad idea? Well, I didn't know you were doing it until it was done. And then I said, why don't you just buy a tree? (laughs) Like just buy a new tree that's already flocked. I just, well, I was seeing them in the store, these flocked trees. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I could flock my own tree because it's like a can of spray paint. But that's the problem. It's like a can of spray paint. (laughs) And it's, it gets everywhere. everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's not, I mean, not just everywhere, but it falls. So I've mopped the floor under my tree and I came back down and there's just white on my floor. Like, yeah, it doesn't stay on the branches. Oh no. Yikes. Well, lesson learned. We will not be flocking our own trees unless you're very, um, into cleaning because it sounds like it's some big mess. And maybe I'm just doing it wrong or I was doing it wrong, but you know, I I don't think I was, I think it's just really messy because then anybody I've talked to who has done it, they're like, Oh yeah, you should never do that. Well, I do have one tree that's just regular. And then I have one tree that's already flocked. I purchased it like that. And it does when you first get it out, like the very first time for the season, it does shed a little bit of the snow or whatever, but not throughout the whole season just the one time when you're first like fluffing the branches and all that or it's going to stop eventually because it's going to run out of flocking and from the branches I'm going to end up with a green tree all over again and it's just an absolute disaster oh my gosh well that's real life that's what it's like right I mean nothing is as it seems on maybe the Instagram highlight reel like things are real life and everybody's real life is what I like to follow. I don't love to watch people who bring about like this image of perfection that is unattainable because it just makes me feel bad about myself. So that's what I love about people who I follow on social media that are just very authentic and real. Like not every day you have everything go perfectly. No one does. Even the people who like to show that it does. The only people I like to follow 
who it's like, oh my gosh, all this is perfect are people that it's their literal job. Like they have a studio in their home. They yes. have a whole setup where it's like, they're trying on clothes. Now that I don't mind. Cause those I'm like that. Okay. That's your job. You're getting paid to do this right now. And then I like when they share like the fails or the flops or the blooper reels or whatever. I don't mean to say like fails, but you know what I mean? Like when things aren't perfect, when they thought it was all going to go great. And then the kid walked in and set the bags in the background or whatever, that just makes them so much more relatable. And so I already told myself, well, I guess I'm just going to keep it. Everyone's just going to see like that. This took me four days to put this little tree up because it's just this craziness all the time. (laughs) of commitment to some of these things is like really a problem. Like I have, I can think of two little arts and crafts projects that I'm stoning and messing with and painting upstairs right now. So Matt's probably at all, not probably at all times, just knows. <laughs> There's what is be the next something. thing? Mm-hmm. Well, interesting because Harlow said to me, this was two days ago. She goes, mom, why don't we have an aesthetic house? And I was like, well, what do you mean an aesthetic house? She was like, you know, like those houses that are just like all beige and white and just really pretty. And I was like, but Harlow, you don't want to live in a house like that. That's so boring. She's like, but it's so pretty. And I was like, yeah, but you wouldn't be able to sit on any of that furniture. And we wouldn't be able to have like nerf fights and like jump on it and do all this other stuff. And I was like, we want some color. We need like some vibrancy. And she's like, oh, I guess. But I just don't think she really realizes what it takes to have a quote unquote aesthetic home. Oh my gosh. Well, she would not last very long in my house if that's her goal, because my boys are constantly just being the craziest ever and running around and making huge messes. And that's just my life. But I like to have a house that's lived in or livable. You know, I want people who are coming in to feel just very comfortable and like they can sit down and they can put their feet up and relax and have fun here. I don't want anyone to feel like they're in a museum. I want it to feel like a museum, but I do want it to feel at least a little glamorous. So I was a little offended that she didn't at least say like. I'm surprised because your house is like super beautiful and very decorated and very gorgeous. I'm surprised she feels that it's not. Could see her like wanting like an all beige everything though like she just yeah. like tell her to that. go over to Dana's and she can enjoy her aesthetic look you're doing the basement right now which is why I'm kind of like stuck in this little corner and I'm looking out at everything right now and I have dark paint on the walls we have this like watercolor blue type tile that's going up behind the bar like none of it's going to be this beige look and I'm like maybe I should have consulted her before I did this until she's paying for it she doesn't get an opinion well she feels like she should I mean all kids kind of do right very much so my kids were so confused when I decided to paint those gold stripes in the living room you know that gold Mm -hmm. pattern I have on that wall they were like, what are you doing? But now they love it. But at the time they thought I was nuts. Wish you would have recorded yourself doing that. Cause I know that actually took a lot of work. Oh my gosh, and- that took so much time. I, it would, I would not have had enough battery on my phone to record myself. Thinking too, like adding some sort of like metallic gold, something down here. I got a metallic gold coffee table down here. So I don't know. We'll see. This is going to be a space that really evolves and happens to the rest of my house. It'll be beautiful. So now that we have made this official announcement, are you feeling better? 
we're like nervous to start the podcast today and like say it, but do you feel like ready to like ready to run? I, and I did before. I just, it's funny because you and I talk every week, we release our podcast every week. I'm, I've never one time ever been nervous for us to do a podcast or interview somebody. And we've interviewed national title holders. We've interviewed, you know, really important people in the pageant community. Not one time we inter- I interviewed da- Danny Walker from my bathroom. Like, do you I know. I, I didn't even care. Yeah. And so, and I'm getting ready to talk to you here. And I'm like, okay, I need to make sure my light is here. And like, it's just, it made me nervous. So I need, and I think I just needed to like officially announce it because I feel like such a weight's been taken off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. A little bit different when you have a appointed title or a selected title like you do versus competing at your state pageant and winning that state pageant because you don't necessarily have that like lead up where people know you're going to go compete and then you win your state title. It's a little different the way that this is going to go because Ohio doesn't have a pageant, a state pageant for United States of America's. So it's just a title that you apply and are selected for. And I think that makes it a little different on how you get to announce it because it's not just like the pageant posts your crowning moment and welcome our new title holder. You know, it's more of your discretion on how you want to make it happen. And I think the way that you did your little countdown and like hints about who it's going to be, I think it will be very fun to watch all the reaction once you officially announce today. Sure. How I was going to feel announcing it. And now that I have, I feel so much better. And I feel like, okay, that, that was like the hardest thing I'm going to do. Now I can go have all the fun that I was really hoping to do leading up to the national pageant. And I get to go actually be on that stage. I cannot even explain to you how excited I am about this stage. I have, you haven't seen it in person. Have you? No, I've watched every single year's live stream, but I have never gone in person to watch the pageant. And I know the live stream always goes really well and they have the different camera angles and stuff. Being in person was totally different. I was just like blown away. Like, oh my gosh, this is one of the most beautiful stages I have ever seen. I can't wait till you actually get to go. July feels like so far away, but I know it'll be here before you know it. It's already November. Well, I know it does feel far away, but then like at the same time, it doesn't feel far away because you have all these deadlines, obviously, you know, you have to have just like any other pageant. It's like by this day, you have to have your headshot in this day's going to be your ad page and you do all this, you know, lead up to it. And so these little deadlines are going to make it go by way faster, probably than even what I'm thinking it is. So I'm excited to make the most of the little time I do have to represent Ohio. No, I'm very excited. I feel like people ask us all the time, both of us, like, are you guys ever going to compete again? Are you going to compete again? I can't wait to see if you're going to compete again. And now we get to sort of follow your whole year as USOA's Mrs. Ohio. And it's going to be so fun leading up. And we will not talk about it 24-7 on the podcast. Don't worry. We will still have our regularly scheduled podcasting. But we did want to make sure that we spent some time I'm talking about Kristen's journey because so many of our listeners have been invested in our pageant story and where we're, each of us are kind of headed in that. And me as Kris Jenner in your life, I have already had a lot of input into what's been coming along and going to be showcased throughout the year. So I am very invested and very excited. 
be fun too because I feel like kind of doing this and like maybe even documenting some of it in the podcast it'll almost give like another peek behind the curtain that's what I was trying to say earlier peek behind the curtain I was like the man the woman the queen behind the curtain a peek behind the curtain oh my goodness it finally came to me it'll like just give people a little bit of this peek behind the curtain and it's going to probably be very vulnerable for me because I'm going to feel like I'm just like, everybody's watching me and, you know, I have to do things a certain way, but I think it'll be just really fun to kind of do it as a pageant buzz community almost. And what I'm excited about is you getting to truly apply so many of the things we've talked about of what we like to see, what we prefer to see as far as contestants go and candidates go. I love that now people are going to get to sort of see all the things you've recommended or talked about come to life. It's going to be terrible if I don't even take my own advice. <laughs> well, that is maybe I'm going to direct you to our amazing pageant resource, the Pageant Buzz podcast. Whenever you start to get some crazy ideas, I'm going to find the episode that you personally said the opposite of your new idea and send you to the episode for a resource. Where can they follow you for your pageant content, and then of course our regular pageant buzz Instagram. OA Mrs. Ohio is going to be the official USOA title holder account, and that'll be a fun one to follow just because it's a legacy account. So every USOA's Mrs. Ohio from here till forever is going to be posting to that. So that'll just be a fun one that you can just kind of follow forever. Um, my people to you know learn what a state Mrs. Title holder truly is like, and. I kind of want them to learn a little bit about my state. I think Ohio kind of flies under the radar of its cool factor. And we actually have a lot of really awesome things here. So I'm excited to be able to highlight all the fun, cool things that maybe people don't know about Ohio that would make them maybe even want to come and visit or just on the map a little more. Yeah, I've been to Ohio several times and I can tell you the cool factor is very true. It is very cold there. Every time I've been, I have been freezing and it's been snowy and icy and so cold. So bring a coat if you're going in the winter months, but there's lots of fun things there. Depends on where you are too, because so I'm, I'm more Southern Ohio. So I'm closer to Kentucky, the Kentucky border, which I get much different weather as opposed to let's say Toledo, Ohio, which borders Michigan and or Cleveland, Ohio, which is right on the lake and they get lake effect snow. So all different parts of Ohio can get very drastically different weather. Yeah. I'm to Southern Ohio where we're closer. For your Chris's question. I have to do a Chris's question? Yes, we can't have an episode without one. I even had you to just... do one on the mock interview episode. I am ready for a Chris's question of the week as USOA's Mrs. Ohio 2024. Okay, Kristen, your accolades and your resume speak for themselves, but tell us a fun fact about you that we might not know from paper. I grew up in what I call a dolly house. My mom, my grandma, my aunt, we all just really loved Dolly Parton. We would visit Dollywood very frequently and love Tennessee and about that just really I feel like allowed me to embrace who I was because I got to see a woman that was out there who was just truly a very kind loving person and she did and said pretty much whatever she felt and it just really made me think like wow 
this really beautiful woman who has truly her own sense of style is so successful and people love her and she makes people feel great about themselves and she cares about her community. I feel like Dolly, had she not been a country music singer, would have been probably the perfect USOA's missus. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite things about just my childhood overall. Love that fact about you. And I agree that you are the epitome of the modern Dolly. Style icon for sure. Delaware. Well, thank you, Kristen, for sharing with all the listeners and with us about your new exciting adventure. And we will be sure to be following you. If there is any questions that you have about Kristen's journey um, with this new title, please follow her on Instagram and make sure to reach out to her there. And like I always say, don't forget to sparkle. This podcast is produced by the Fearless Network. Always be fearless.